This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well. I'll be joined by Harrison Zuckerberg in just a moment. We are not necessarily experts, but rather fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win while finding meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing I'm coming to you from the Unpacking It Ministries studio here in Charlotte, North Carolina. We are thrilled to partner with MediShare. They are our presenting sponsor. My wife and I have been MediShare members for over five years, and MediShare has provided us with an affordable and effective way to pay for health care. And so it's open enrollment right now. If you're looking at different health care options, uh, definitely check out MediShare. Highly recommend being a part uh, of uh, a great organization and and being one of their members. And and so you can text the word UNPACK to the number 201201. That's UNPACK to the number 201201. And they will send you some information uh, and, and you can look into the different options to see if it would benefit your family and see if it's a good option for your families. And so uh, MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. All right, so it was a Thanksgiving weekend. We had three games on Thursday and then a loaded slate on Sunday. Uh, Interesting Sunday night, Monday, Monday night game was great. Sunday night was a little bit low scoring and, a letdown if you're a Browns fan, but uh, last night was thrilling to the end. It was wild, and, and so a lot to kind of take away from that, uh, especially from a fantasy perspective. And where do we go from here with Seattle, and and who do we go all in on with Washington? And so today on the show, we'll do peace or panic. We'll do investor pass. We'll let you know what we're convinced of. But we begin with some fantasy shenanigans and so Harrison and I will uh share a little bit about our own leagues and Harrison how are you how was the Thanksgiving weekend Thanksgiving weekend was great but I'm feeling a little bit of heartbreak last night from the Monday night football game even though the Washington football team won which was great awesome win all around I went into that night with a score of it was separated by 0.02 points which I don't even know how you get that. That's like, I don't know, a half a yard maybe wow. or like two yards for a quarterback. Anyways, it was separated by .02. And the guy I was playing had DK Metcalf going. 
So I thought, oh, for sure I was going to lose. I didn't even like want to check because DK Metcalf, if he gets one reception, you know, if he just gets a yard in any way, I lose. Yep. But, you know, I was watching the game and I was noticing, like, I don't think they've called DK Metcalf's name at all. I really don't think he's gotten involved. So I looked at the score and sure enough, with like two minutes left in the fourth quarter, he had zero fantasy points and I was still oh. up by point zero two. I was freaking out. I'm like, no way. There's no way that the one game of the year where DK Metcalf has zero, I'm going to win because of it. And then it happened. The oh. final drive of the game with 30 seconds left. He catches a 10-yard pass for a first down, immediately lose the game, no coming back. And it was just the most terrible way to lose because I went from having no hope to so much hope to lose. With 30 seconds left, just the one catch, the one catch sinks the victory for me. And it was it was just terrible. And it oh. made it even worse was that the game, it was like the biggest matchup of the year except for the playoffs because I was 9-2 and two when the guy I was playing was 9-2. and two. We were tied for first place in the league. So this was for, you know, Seoul, who has first place, number one seed going into the playoff pretty much. So I guess I'm the number two seed now, 9-3 and three after taking the L due to DK Metcalf. Wow. No, it, it, last night was nuts. The, the fact that he didn't catch anything the whole night. And guess what? I was on the flip side of the DK story. So I went in thinking, all right, I'm done. I was only up by three points, and the guy had DK Metcalf. That was it. That was the only, he was the only player in the matchup that was going that night. And I go, ah, oh, well, DK will do, do his thing, and I lose. And I basically would have eliminated me from having a good chance at the playoffs. This is the league with Derrick Henry, so it's been hard. However, the whole night, DK wasn't doing anything. So, so hope was building. And all of a sudden, he gets the catch, but thankfully, it was only for 13 yards, so I held on, and I won by .5, .5. Incredible. So a, and this was one of the top teams in the league, so it was a strong performance for me. And here's the, the, the crazy part, too. I, I won by that little amount. All of my guys scored in double figures for this lineup, except for Jamar Chase. And he only had 6.9. And so there's there's somewhat of a, a concern about Jamar Chase. And I don't know if you remember, but a few weeks ago, I threw out the idea that maybe you should trade Jamar Chase. And this was this was in the, the height of his, you know, early early to mid-season run. And I'm thinking, man, man maybe I should trade him because he's hot right now. Get some value for him. I, I didn't. I didn't take my own advice, but I was wrestling with that. And now I regret it because he's had 13 or less points in four straight weeks, uh, which, you know, he was putting up 20 plus for a while there. So a little, little bit concerning there. And then not to mention, you know, we talk about Metcalf and how it affected matchups last night, very concerning for him and in a larger context, the Seattle Seahawks. And so let's get to, I'm convinced because I'm convinced there are a, a few teams that you don't want players on your roster from those teams if you think you're going to win the fantasy championship this year, if you think you're going to make a run in weeks 15, 16, 17, and, and, and take home that fantasy championship, get one of these rings that I've got here that I'm fighting for this year, um, still in first place in that league, thankfully. But I'm convinced you don't want the Steelers, you don't want the Seahawks, you don't want the Saints or the Panthers. Those teams are done, and I just don't think they have enough hope for a playoff run 
and the type of players that they have and the make the makeup of those teams, I just don't feel good about it. Because think about it, Pittsburgh, Big Ben, he's out. He's done. So at some point, they're just going to say, hey, Ben, we're going to sit you down for the rest of the way, and I don't like their backups. So then that affects the rest of the weapons. When it comes to uh, Seattle, Russell Wilson, to me, it's all over in Seattle. Russell, Pete, the time it's over, and so we move on. And so that's going to affect all those offensive players. I'm not buying into Geno Smith all of a sudden bringing DK back to life. Uh, so that's what I'm convinced of today. Harrison, what about you? One thing that I am convinced of is that talking about good teams now is that we need to treat the Patriots offense the way that we expected to treat Kansas City, Buffalo, and Tampa Bay this year. So earlier in the season, we were talking about get anyone on Buffalo that you can. Get anyone on Tampa Bay that you can, either if it's Gio Bernard or whoever. Get anyone on Kansas City. You want pieces and elite offenses. You know, New England's now that offense. They have two legitimate running backs who you can play in Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. All of the wide receivers on that team get love based on what week it is. Jacoby Myers, you know, Kendrick Bourne's had a couple big games. You've seen Hunter Henry be good this season. And I mean, even Nelson Aguilar gets some looks. They just have so many weapons on that team, which was a team we really didn't expect to have any weapons and to be pretty bad offensively. They're now proving to not be necessarily an elite offense, but an offense where if you start someone on that team in your flex, there's a pretty good chance that they'll put up points that week for you. So I think that's a team that, you know, it's a little late to buy into them now because, you know, every, they've been good for a while. But I'm starting to really now realize this is a team where if you just have anyone on the Patriots, you're probably well off starting them this week. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm i with you. It's been it's been crazy. And even last week, Damian Harris, it was like, ah, he's not doing anything. I'm bummed. I started him. Ah, and then he finally got in the end zone toward toward the end of the game. So, and he scores almost every week. Like he had a couple, a couple weeks downer where he was injured and all that or had I guess he had a concussion but um it was good to see him back into the end zone um and so yeah I'm with you on that and then I would also say I actually still am I'm a believer in the Rams I'm a believer in the Chargers when it comes to fantasy and NFL but from uh, from a fantasy perspective I still want all those guys from the LA teams down the stretch because they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot both of them you know that that AFC West is nuts. So all four of those teams are still fighting. And then with the Rams, you got the 49ers coming for them. Arizona, you know, with the bye week and Kyler hasn't played the last couple of weeks, we've kind of forgotten about them. But the Rams are fighting with them to, you know, still maybe win that division. We'll see. But but at least get a wild card. Uh, so I want those, those two teams down the stretch. I want the Chiefs, like you said. Uh, and then I would put the Bengals and Colts in that category, too, of – teams that I want represented on my fantasy rosters down the stretch. Again, Indy coming off a loss. So Indy and the LA teams are all all lost over the weekend. And I'm telling you, go get them. I'm still in. I want them. Uh, Some of those guys still had big games despite the loss. Um, And then the Bengals, even though Jamar Chase didn't play as well, T Higgins got involved. Mixon was unbelievable. (laughs) Um, Get P Ryan. I tell tell you every week, keep get P Ryan. Because if anything happens to Mixon, there's opportunity there. Uh, so those are the teams I, I continue to to buy in. Uh, give me one more thing you're convinced of. So coming off this Monday night game, one thing that I'm convinced of is that you should trade for Antonio Gibson right now. I don't care what it takes. You can probably get him for cheaper than he's actually worth just because, you know, teams have been disappointed with how he's played this season. 
but he's had 24 rush attempts per game during this win streak over the last three weeks. And I think this is what they're going to do. Washington found the formula on offense, feed Antonio Gibson. Now, the only thing that's been a little shaky with him is getting touchdowns. J.D. McKissick has taken some of the touchdowns away from him, vultured some. But, you know, he had a scary injury. He got shaken up during the end of the game yesterday. So if he's out, that's even more opportunity for Gibson. Gibson had seven receptions last night too, getting involved in the passing game. And the best part about this is look at their schedule to close out the season. You have the Las Vegas Raiders, who are eh right now, but not an incredible team by any standard, especially defensively, they're not great. The Eagles twice, the Cowboys twice, and the Giants. Those are five matchups, six matchups that I would love to play Antonio Gibson for, and you could probably get him at a pretty fair price right now, and he is going to be the workhorse in this offense. I think it would be an amazing move if you can get him on your team somehow. I have him on a few of my teams, and I'm really looking forward to this run that he's going to go on for the end of the season. All right, you've convinced me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt to trade for him, uh, especially in, in one specific league where that guy, that owner is kind of out of it. So I think that's, uh, that's a good, good move there. So uh, there you go. That's what we're convinced of this week. You can send us uh, what you're convinced of. Let, let us know your thoughts. Also, if you have fantasy questions, uh, you can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com, Bryce at unpackingit.com. All right, let's go to the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook. And each week, uh, we take a different uh, topic that is a, a fantasy concept. We relate it to the Bible. We relate it to our own lives. This book was designed for leagues to go through throughout the season to have discussions. And, and so hopefully uh, you've, you've got the, the playbook yourself. Hopefully your league is going through it. If not, you can go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Check out all the information there. Uh, it's also available on Amazon. Just search Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook. Uh, we also do leagues uh, that are part of Unpacking It that you can be a part of next year. Uh, so, so be on the lookout for that. This week's topic is all about the player we're glad got away. So when we enter the draft, we all have certain players that we're targeting, right? Beginning of the season or before the season, these are the guys that were like, man, I really want them on my roster. Now, some, some of us are in multiple leagues, so we want them on all of our teams or we, we're trying to get as many shares as possible, as we say in the, the fantasy world. Uh, but if you have that one league, you're like, I got to get this guy. But here's what happens. Every time you go to the draft, especially in a snake draft, your pick is, is almost up. You're, you're three picks away. You're like, oh, I'm going to get the guy this round. I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to get him. He's coming. Oh, he's still, ava- still available. And then somebody snags him right before you were going to draft him, and you're so bummed, and you're like, I can't believe I didn't get that guy. For me, that was Russell Wilson. I really wanted Russell Wilson this year. I was like, man, he's so solid. He never gets hurt. That's the guy I want on my team. Well, this topic is... When we look back now, 13 weeks into the season, some of those players that we, we saw slip through our, our fingertips, so to speak, um, we're glad they're not on our roster. We're glad that they got away. We're glad that some other team is, is suffering uh, with them. Um, one of the big decisions for me, I took Cooper Cup instead of DJ Moore, but that was one of those decisions. So every year we always have those decisions. We're like, ah, that, that guy is going to go on that team and you're going to watch that player the rest of the way. But oftentimes you're so glad that you didn't pick that guy. Um, 
even if in that moment you were questioning or you were really disappointed that it didn't happen. And so I, I believe that this type of scenario happens in everyday life because whether it's a, a job or a promotion that we really wanted and we didn't get it, we didn't get that guy. We, 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 we really wanted it. We thought that they, we wanted that, that situation to come through, but we're so glad it did it. We're so glad that that one girl that we really wanted to say yes to a date or really wanted them to like us or whatever growing up. Uh, we're so glad I could definitely uh, attest to that. I'm so glad that it didn't work out. I'm so glad that uh, I went a different direction. Very, very thankful. Um, or, or even the, you know, the house that we want. So all these different situations in life, there are certain, th- certain things that just, they, they slip through the, the fingertips. They, they don't work out the way that we thought they would. But now we look back 10 years, 15 years, 20 years and say, man, I'm so thankful that it, that initial disappointment uh, just was that that now I'm thankful. Now it's a good thing. Um, and so as followers of Jesus, we can absolutely cling to this, this truth and, and recognize that even in those disappointing situations where in the moment we're like, oh, I can't believe this didn't happen the way I wanted it to. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Um, we know that God is working in us and through us, and he's accomplishing his will by turning what we thought was bad into something good in our lives, that, that he, he will turn it around for good. And so this is the promise of Romans 8.28. It's a uh, verse that is one of my favorites, if not my favorite verse. Uh, this is the amplified version, adds a little uh, kind of context to help us understand it. But it says, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. And so this is a promise for believers, followers of Jesus, that, that he's going to work things out for, for good. And, and so there's a story in the Old Testament, Joseph, uh, he was actually sold by his brothers, thrown into a pit, but he was actually later used to save his family through the power that, that God gave him. Um, and so this is what Joseph says in, in Genesis. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present outcome, that many people would be kept alive as they are this day. And so we know that pain and discouragement come when we don't get the job. We miss out on the fantasy player uh, that we wanted. The Certain people reject us in life. We miss out on something. We uh, experience some other difficulty. However, it's during these times when we can't believe the player we, we desired got away that, that we can actually trust that God is still good. He's still faithful. He's still working in ways that we can't always understand. And our perceived misses actually set us up for tremendous blessing. And the person, the spouse we ended up with is the better one. The job that we end up with is the better one. As we trust God, as we follow his plan, as we continue to obey him, as we rely on him for strength and energy to keep going, um, and, and that's where we place our hope in. Uh, so we talked about hope a couple weeks ago, maybe last week. Um, and so that's the encouragement for us today, that we can look back now 
right? In fantasy, 13 weeks in. Oh, okay, yeah, it worked out. I'm glad I didn't draft that guy. Um, and then in life, we can do the same thing. But the key for us is when we step into the disappointment, we have to have hope in that promise. Um, so it's easy when we look back, but it's it's in those those early on stages of the discouragement to say, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm not going to stay in this place of negativity and giving up and, and discouragement, but to say, you know what? God's going to turn this around for good. God's got a plan. I'm going to trust that plan and I'm going to walk step-by-step in obedience. So that's the encouragement for us today from the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook. Harrison, who's the one player that you're glad you didn't draft you look back and you go man i thought i thought i wanted it but i'm so glad it didn't work out that that way i was super high on gus edwards running back for the ravens this year and i thought he would be the perfect rb2 flex running back to have you know only guy that's going to get carries now that jk uh jk dobbins is gone in that offense due to injury and i was so mad when i wasn't able to get him you know out of value in any of my drafts didn't get him in a single league And then thank goodness that happened because he got injured in the very first game of the season and hasn't played since. So I would have just had a big zero from that spot on my roster if I had had taken him or reached for him. Yep, that's a good one. Absolutely. All right, so we'll uh, we'll jump into a little uh, accountability and confession. We like to admit when we're wrong on this show. Uh, And so for me, uh, I totally wrote off Deonta Foreman. You know, it was like, I I just didn't give him enough of a chance. He had a couple early games filling in for Derrick Henry. I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I see enough. Once Hillard had a big game two weeks ago, or decent game, I bought into him, which ended up being great. But the Titans, they have no receivers, so they're going to run the ball. So there's enough to go around for Foreman and Hillard. And so, um, thankfully, I actually played Hilliard, which was great. Um, Hillard or Hilliard? Hill, Hilliard. I'm not sure. Yeah. Hillard, 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 Hillard? Hillard. I don't know. I, I used to know a Hilliard. Maybe that's why I'm getting confused. Um, so, but both of them are good. Both of them are, are worthy fantasy guys to flex, flex type players. I would say, um, I actually went against the fantasy experts. Uh, I played Hilliard in my flex spot over Firemuth, who I love, Friermuth, who I love. Uh, easy for me to say, gosh, can't say names today. Um, but uh, it ended up being a four four point differential. Uh, but anyway, I was wrong about Foreman, um, and then also, I, I I think this is okay that I gave up on Cole Komet, your boy from Chicago. Uh, he was my biggest crush going into the season. I just wanted him so bad. I think I had him in every league as my tight end. He's finally coming around. You know, eight catches, eleven targets. I'm not sure what that production will be like the rest of the way, but. Part of me is just sad that I don't have him on my teams the, the way that I did now that he's finally playing well. So I was a little little wrong to give up on him, but so I'll confess it, but also knowing, hey, for a while there, he was doing nothing. What, what confession do you have today? Yeah, so on Investor Pass last week, I thought it would be a good idea to go in on Ty Johnson as a, as a possible running back replacement for Michael Carter in New York. And the Jets didn't agree with me on that one. So they decided to use a running back by committee with like three or four different guys who no one even had a really incredible game there. They were all just met because everyone was getting, you know, just complete splits of the carries. Um, so I'm not a huge believer in Ty Johnson anymore as sort of a, a flex play for a running back. I was wrong there. 
But my other waiver wire pickup who I talked up, Cedric Wilson for the Cowboys, had a great game. Um, I think he had like 17 points in PPR, and I said to start him. So, I mean, you know, you got that right right there. I got at least one of them right. (laughs) Well, but you said to play Gallup over Wilson. Well, I said I liked Gallup more, but I said both of them I would start and play. All right. So I I started Wilson in two leagues. So that was great. So I was I was happy about that. Um but uh, uh he was good. Gallup was good as well. Yeah, Gallup also had a great game. Yeah. Yeah. Um even though Dallas surprisingly lost. So that was that was crazy. The Raiders, unbelievable. Um, all right, let's get to some of the other uh storylines and, and really the fantasy storylines all center around injuries so and many injuries this week yeah and so if if you're watching this podcast on video i did this yesterday on the unpacking it live podcast but I, I turned off the panther light and so the lights are out in carolina cmc done for the year so uh it's a little uh <laughs> i don't know represent representation of the season where things are heading for carolina but uh it's a bummer especially you know he's the number one pick in fantasy he's not going to win you your league and I don't think that Hubbard is going to win you your league to, to as a fill-in. So if he is your handcuff, he's okay. I mean, he's flex-worthy. You could start him in your flex RB3 if you need to. Yeah. Guy. yeah I, especially now with Abdullah getting involved in the passing game. And then Cam. Cam takes the the, the some of the runs. If, if he continues to play quarterback, we'll see. There's just so much uncertainty in Carolina. It's not great. And, and so it's just a bummer when you're a fantasy owner and, and you drafted Henry, you drafted McCaffrey, and your chances to win it are, are basic. You know, they're just so low, unless you were totally loaded the rest of the way, uh, the rest of your roster. So, um, so that's a big one there. And then I'm curious your thoughts on, so Dalvin Cook's out for a couple of weeks, DeAndre Swift, one to two weeks maybe. Uh, how do you feel about those situations with, with both of those teams in the NFC North? Yeah, so Dalvin Cook was having like a weird season anywhere this anyways this year where he just like he was off and on injured, you know, had a bunch of one week injuries. And this is the first one where I think he's going to be out multiple weeks, you know, two to three. Um, I think Alexander Madison would be a great pickup there. He gets involved a lot when uh, Dalvin Cook goes out because he's also just, you know, another really good running back who can step right into that role. And uh, with DeAndre Swift, I think, you know, I think it's a similar situation to Dalvin Cook where it's just a team that uses the running back position a lot. So I would not be surprised if Jamal Williams gets a lot of touches in that offense, even though they're not a great offense. And I'm sad to say this because in a few of my leagues this week, I had Jamal Williams on my bench for like the entire season, but he hadn't really scored at all and was sort of, you know, getting worked out of the offense. So I dropped him for just some like shot in the dark wide receivers for the last couple of weeks. And then of course the week that I drop him, Unfortunately, that's when DeAndre Swift get in, gets injured, and now Jamal Williams is the RB1 there. It will probably be a consistent running back for the next two weeks when I could have used him for a playoff push. Yes, that's disappointing because I, dra- I uh, dropped Jefferson because he got a little banged up. He like scored a couple weeks ago and then got banged up, and then I dropped him. Uh, but he'll probably have a little bit of value. They've got like three guys. they got one other guy too. So I, it might be a little bit of a committee without Swift. Uh, I have Swift in a, in a league, and he's been awesome this year. He's, he, but 
but I think uh, the injury like, concerns kind of always are there with him too. Yeah, but also like a team with the Titans, even though if it is a committee, they have no wide receivers on this team outside no. of TJ Hawkinson. And that's just been Jared Goff's game plan is just dump it off to DeAndre Swift all season, dump it off to Jamal Williams. You know, they could probably support two or three fantasy relevant running backs in DeAndre Swift's absence just because they have no one else to give the ball to. Oh, here we go. We got another name to talk about. Godwin Agubuki from Detroit. That's their third. That's the third running back there. So they got Jefferson and then Igwabuki. Igwabuki. So there you go. And also, just for a confirmation, it's Hilliard with an I. There's there is an I in there. Hilliard. Hilliard. So there you go. Um, all right. Well, yeah, Swift. Hopefully, I mean, it's one of those things for Detroit. Why even bring Swift back? I, I wouldn't waste the carries on him. Like bring him back for next year. I. I so that's that's something to be concerned about if you're a Swift owner and and for other teams going down the stretch when they give up on the season, like even ja- I mean I guess Jacksonville wants Trevor Lawrence to get some reps, but in some ways it's like man why keep exposing some of your your franchise cornerstones <laughs> to the pounding and maybe it's more so running backs uh, that it's just not worth it because running backs in their career can only have so many hits and then they're done and that's what we're seeing with Christian McCaffrey. I'm afraid he's done. And and so uh, maybe that's a, something to be concerned about in Detroit. And I would also say that with the Steelers, with Najee Harris, why keep playing them? If, if As soon as they know they're done with the playoffs, which I, I think they're already done, but when they're officially done, um, why keep playing Harris? So And he's a rookie. He may not even make it that long anyway, yeah. just because rookies end up hitting that wall at some point. Usually. I think the only thing that's different with Harris and maybe Swift or McCaffrey is that Harris is like a 225-pound just, you know, beast where McCaffrey and, and Swift are smaller backs. And I think that could be the only difference where it's like Derrick Henry, you could run into the ground, I mean, up until this season just because he's so big. Yeah. But, you know, DeAndre Swift, that's a little concerning because you saw with McCaffrey – there were a lot of people talking about when he was coming back the first time from the injury this season, Panthers most likely are not going to make a run in the playoffs, shut McCaffrey down for the rest of the season. And instead they brought him back and, and they got, you know, two weeks out of him, but paid the price with another, you know, devastating injury. So that could be something that the lines look, look at and see, we don't want our star running back to have to deal with this, especially when, you know, we haven't won a single game at this point. We are been out of it since the first week of the season. All right, let's quickly move to peace or panic, and we got a lot to get, lot to get to uh, in a short amount of time. So uh, I want to keep rolling, and I'm going to give you one peace, one panic, and then you do the same. And so I, Jerry Judy, a, a guy that both of us liked heading into the season, when healthy has shown glimpses of being a key contributor in, in Denver, uh, but I must say there's some panic. And I looked at his schedule today. All reds. So on Yahoo, they have color-coded, you know, green, all oh, good matchup coming up. All reds the rest of the way for Judy, and he's coming off a six-point game. So I'm not real confident that he he's going to be uh, a league winner for me this year. I don't know if I can trade him maybe for some somebody who wants to keep him next year in, in keeper leagues, but a little concerned there. So there is panic with Judy. But George Kittle, he's he's always on the piece or panic. It's like it's a little up and down in San Francisco. We don't know what way is up in San Francisco, but it does appear that things are positive when Elijah Mitchell's out there. He's an unbelievable running back, the real deal. When he's healthy, that team is running. And so part of the problem, though, George Kittle blocks. He's a good blocker. Not only is he, you know, we talk about all these tight ends that catch the ball. Some of them don't block. 
Kittle actually blocks. Kelsey actually blocks. Um, and so on days like they had on Sunday where they just ran the ball so well, they didn't need to throw to, throw to Kittle. That hurts us as fantasy owners. However, with Debo Samuel maybe being a little banged up, Kittle should be more involved in the offense. They get Seattle uh, coming up next. Uh, I think Seattle's going to start packing it in. So maybe Kittle gets a little bit more involved. I still have peace. Still have peace with George Kittle. Harrison, give me one of each. Peace or panic? So someone that I guess the whole team that I'm panicking about that we talked about earlier was the Browns. I don't want anything to do with the Browns. <laughs> the only Brown ownership that I have this year was uh, running back Nick Chubb in uh, one league, and he's been kind of a disappointment. So I'm panicked about him completely now that the offense isn't doing anything. And someone who I have peace with, which I was actually surprised to to learn this just because I've been winning in this league that I have Tom Brady in. Tom Brady hasn't scored over 20 fantasy points in the last three weeks. Like that's yeah. for the guy who's been the number one QB for the rest of the season. You know, I luckily I've gotten by without it, but I'm really hoping this will not be the trend. We saw the Leonard Fournette show this weekend. Just give it to him every single play. Like, Let's have, there's a lot of points to go around in this offense. You know, maybe Leonard Fournette can have two touchdowns a game instead of four, and we can get Chris Godwin and Tom Brady some more. That would be nice. There you um, go. So I, I'm not panicking about Tom Brady just because the offense is so good, but it was surprising to see that he's been underperforming for these last three weeks. I'm very encouraged, though. Rob Gronkowski looking good, playing well. I put him in the starting lineup. Very productive. So that, that was that was awesome. All right, let's do investor pass. Again, I'll give you one of each. You give me one of each. Uh, so we go to the waiver wire. Who are you investing in this week? Who are you passing on this week? Um, for me, I'm going to invest in the LA running backs. So I want to Sony Michelle should be on the majority of rosters and leagues, but if he's not, go snag Sony Michelle. Henderson's a little banged up. Uh, you, you want that flexibility and, and that pot. if Henderson goes down, he, he's kind of one of these questionable guys all the time, <laughs> but eventually if he ends up being out, you want Michelle and then Larry Roundtree uh, would also be the backup you want in uh, for the chargers. Uh, he's available in a lot of leagues and I want Eckler to be healthy and I think he will be healthy. I'm counting on him to be healthy, but just in case, make sure you have Roundtree. Um, and then, so actually I don't have anyone to pass on. So, those are the two guys I'm I'm investing in, making sure they're on my teams. What about you? Yeah, so I agree with Sony Michelle completely. Uh, I think Henderson is questionable this week again, like we said, but he might actually miss some time this week. Um, and Michelle has playoff experience with the Patriots, so it might be a thing where you know the team's not playing super well with LA. Maybe get it to the guy who's been here before, and we know we can trust as we gear up for a playoff run. So I think Michelle has some value uh, in LA. A guy that I'm passing on uh, is Taysom Hill. And Ooh. even though he was great at QB when he played last year for Drew Brees, that was an offense that had a healthy Michael Thomas and a healthy Alvin Kamara at the time. Mm. And we're still competing for something. They were not just packing it in for the rest of the season. And now, even though New Orleans technically is fighting for a wild card spot, I don't think that they're going to get there. And I don't think Taysom Hill, even though he has the running potential, that usually all came around the goal line. He would get those touchdowns like Cam did. I don't see them scoring enough or moving the ball enough downfield 
for him to get those red zone rushing attempts. You know, he may have a game where he gets one or two here, but I don't think he's going to have the elite upside that some people might expect. And then another name that I'm passing on, even though he's really hot right now, is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And the reason for this is it's just a philosophy that I have with number two wide receivers on Green Bay. Every single week, it's a different number two receiver for Green Bay that we think is going to break out. Earlier this season, it was Alan Lazard we said was going to break out, and then he's done nothing for the rest of the season. Then we said Randall Cobb was going to break out and have a good you know, number two campaign there, and he's done nothing as well except for this week he had a good game but is now injured for the next four to five weeks. Even though Marquez, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is the hot guy there right now, there's just never consistent play from the number two receiver in Green Bay. The only wide receiver I want in Green Bay is Devontae Adams. And other than that, this team's going to run through the running backs with Aaron Jones back and A.J. Dillon playing well. I don't think MVS is a guy who's going to give you consistent fantasy value. A receiver that I am going to buy into, though, like I said before, is Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver for the New England Patriots. He's really stepped up there this year. was a big free agent signing there. Signed, started the year slow, but he's become the red zone target for Mac Jones catching two touchdown passes this week. And there's a nice one, two punch there with Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers. But obviously we all know Jacoby Myers is allergic to catching touchdowns and can't get anywhere near the goal line. So Kendrick Bourne's the one that you want in that offense, picking up the waiver this week. There's invest or pass. We will wrap up the show now with one hit wonders of the week. And today I've got a special Christmas edition of the one hit wonder. And I, uh, right when Thanksgiving ended, I moved on to Christmas music, filling the house, playing it in the car. I'm all in one of my favorite songs of all time. Jingle bell rock. I love it. It's in uh home alone two, I believe. Uh, so I love that song in that. I think it's the, uh, I think it's the pool scene. Um, and so when he jumps in, <laughs> but it's by Bobby Helms from 1957. So it is a one hit wonder. Technically he had a couple other songs, but Bobby Helms, come on. We're not, we don't, we're not talking about him too much, but we are talking about jingle bell rock. Let's go. That's the song. Uh, uh, one hit wonder. And then for fantasy football, Eric. Sober, Sobert, Sue Sauerbert, Eric Sauerbert. Uh, how about that? Denver tight end. He's out of Drake, 27 years old, one reception for one yard and one touchdown. Your one hit wonder of the week. There it is. All right, Harrison, give us, give us a a one hit wonder and we're out of here. All right. So my player this week is another tight end. Chris Myrick from the New York giants. It was his first catch of his career this weekend. He had two receptions for 11 yards and a touchdown, but it was the only touchdown scored for the Giants in that game. So they ended up being the difference. The one hit wonder came through for them. And the song that I got, one of the great dance songs of all time, The Macarena by Los Del Rio. Macarena. Macarena. Is that Macarena? Macarena. Hey, Macarena, Macarena, Macarena. It's a good one. So we don't have time for the story today, but I was at a Bobcats game and I tied for the winning dance off contest. It was like a boogie for your bucks contest. And I did the Macarena. The crowd loved it. So there you go. Hey, Macarena, one of the, one of the classics, they just celebrated either 20 or 30 years, probably 30 years. Yeah, but it's probably 30 years 
since that song came out. So that, that I remember that anniversary earlier this year. So there you go. There's your one-hit wonders. Hope everyone has a wonderful fantasy week. Thursday night, Saints and who? Dallas. Saints Dallas. and Dallas. Let's go. That's uh, some, some interesting storylines there for sure. Harrison, great job. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan and a fantasy owner who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as fantasy owners and sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. (laughs) 